All right, James chapter 5, starting in verse 7, patience and suffering. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord has finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, brothers and sisters, do not swear not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no. Otherwise, you will be condemned. Well, our quarantine sermon series continues through the book of James. James, the brother of Jesus, who wrote this book, is actually a letter uh, to God's people who were scattered all over the earth, experiencing hardship. And as James writes, if you remember some of his story, uh, early on in his life, he was kind of a skeptic of Jesus as Jesus' brother. After the resurrection of Jesus, after he saw Jesus rise from the dead, James is all in. He believes that Jesus is God, that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus rose from the dead, and he's all in on Jesus' mission. James becomes uh, one of the leaders of the early church. We know that he is leading the church in Jerusalem. And as he writes this letter, it's full of wisdom. It's been kind of called the Proverbs of the New Testament because it's full of wisdom. And it's all about faith. And we felt like with the, the disruptive uh, time in our culture with COVID-19, it would be really good to just dive into this book. And kind of the theme of what, what James is writing about is that, that we are saved by faith, but faith, it's a certain kind of faith, that our faith in Jesus is revealed, as we talked about in week one, it's revealed through trials, in the midst of persevering through trials. Uh, that, that faith is revealed through our works, through how we interact with others around us, how we, we live in this world. Uh, week three, we talked about how uh, our faith is revealed in our words, the words that we use, uh, how we speak to one another, the things that we say, how, how those things have power and they reveal something about what's going on inside of our heart. And then last week, Tyler talked about how uh, faith is revealed in, in humility. And in the midst of us fighting and having quarrels, there's, there's a humility that comes that reveals something about uh, this Jesus that we follow. Uh, this week, here's kind of the big idea. The big idea for this week is that faith is revealed by patience. Faith is revealed by patience. James says that, that something about patience reveals our faith. Uh, I think that patience is probably one of the more underrated characteristics for the follower of Jesus. It's a, we know it's a fruit of the Spirit. Uh, Augustine said that, fruit, uh, that, that patience is the companion of wisdom. But patience is something that we probably don't talk about enough. It's not really a fun topic. Um, and I personally have a problem with patience. I'm not a patient person, and it's totally being exposed right now in this quarantine. Like, I'm sure everybody's on edge. Everyone's got kind of cabin fever. Uh, for me, it became very evident that I have a problem with patience. Um, simple thing happened um, a couple days ago. Uh, we're at, at the dough house. You know, we're trying to stay healthy. We are, like, injecting vitamin C into our bodies. And so 
Uh, every morning I take uh, vitamin C. Um, you know, I, I like those little emergency packets. Like they have the little powder, I pour them into the water, I drink them, boom, I do it like twice a day. Um, lots of vitamin C. Well, Marcy likes the airborne vitamin C tablet. And so she'll get those instead of the emergency packets. And I don't know why, but it, I, it drives me crazy, like dropping a tablet into water and waiting for it to dissolve. So like I get up in the morning, I go to get my vitamin C, I drop this airborne tablet into the water and I'm waiting for it to dissolve. And for some reason, I get so frustrated. I, I'm like sitting there waiting for it to dissolve and I'm like, one thing I noticed is I'm like, Marcy, why don't you just buy the emergency packets because those dissolve instantly. And these I have to wait for the tablet to dissolve. And she's like, Jared, it takes like 90 seconds. Go find something else to do and come back and it'll be ready. And I'm, I don't know why, but like, I'm, I'm mad that I'm sitting here waiting for the tablet to dissolve so that I could drink my vitamin C. So I'm mad at Marcy. It's like ruined my whole day. And I'm like, I, I got a hold of myself the other day and I'm like, I have a problem. I don't know why this is bothering me so much that I have to wait 90 seconds for this vitamin C tablet to dissolve so I can take it. Um, but I, I have a problem with being patient. I don't like to sit and to wait. And to sit and to wait and to watch, that for me is just like torture, just waiting uh, for, I, I just wanna start my day, I wanna go, I wanna get to my routine. Um, I, and I think that we live in a culture that, that does not like to wait. In fact, what we try to do with, with all of our technology is to make things faster and easier. But the problem is when we are constantly trying to make things faster and easier, we're actually fostering more and more impatience. So there's this, there's this perpetual impatience. And, and here's what I mean by, by that. So um, if you're, you know, like our house, you're probably binge watching a lot of shows on Netflix or Hulu or whatever, you know, app that you're streaming these days. But, um, you know, a couple shows came out, Ozark came out, you know, binge watch like all eight episodes in 24 hours. Not super healthy, but I do it. Well, last week, a show came out on ESPN, and it was a documentary about Michael Jordan called The Last Dance. And Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all time, was telling this story, and uh, it showed the first two episodes. Um, after that, they, they said the next episode will come out next week, and then for like the next eight weeks, another episode will come out once a week. And I remember thinking like, why would they do that? I'm ready to watch all of the episodes right now. This is great, this is fascinating. I don't wanna wait an extra week. This is crazy. Why would they do that to us? Why don't they, you know, if you're coming out with a show like Ozark, you just, you dump it, all eight episodes, people can binge watch it, boom. We don't like to, we don't like to wait, we don't like to be patient. And Marcy reminded me, this is how every show used to be. I remember we used to have Lost parties, watching the show Lost when we first got married, where every single week you would wait for the next episode. And during that waiting time, you would kind of like have all sorts of theories about what's going to happen. Like that's, we don't do that. We just like want to watch the show back to back to back. Uh, and so like these, uh, th this perpetual impatience that I think that the, the culture that we live in, it just keeps feeding. Um, there's this uh, reminder that we are, we are impatient people. And I think it's all being just completely exposed right now, our impatience. Uh, it, it, this disruption of our, our culture is exposing a lot of things, but I think one thing that it's, it's exposing in our life, in the Doe household, is that we're not patient people. We're not patient people. And James talks about patience having some sort of connection with our faith and following Jesus. Uh, he says in verse seven, let me read this again. It says, be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. So what is patience as described by James? What is it uh, to be patient? Um, 
Patience, uh, he has, uh, James has a couple different concepts for patience that he talks about in this passage, but I love the word, the actual Greek word uh, for patience that he uses here. It's fun to say. It's macrothumeo, macrothumeo. And there's a, a kind of a couple different definitions about, uh, you know, what this means for patience, but here's my favorite definitions of, of patience. Um, it's to persevere patiently and bravely in enduring misfortunes and troubles, to persevere patiently and bravely in enduring misfortunes and troubles. Macrothumeo. So it comes from these two words, this compound word. The first word is this word macros. Macros, which means kind of like long, distant, something that's far off, and it's pertaining to place um, and time. And so it's, it's something that could be far off distance-wise. It could be something that's far off in the future. Um, and then this other word, thumos. And thumos can mean temper or passion or emotion. It's a burning inside of you. Um, I've heard it's also a fury. So it's kind of like this, this emotion that you have for something that's, that's far off. And, and here's kind of the key about this word. It's, it's having the power to act on that emotion, but then refraining from using that power. And so you have this desire to do something, but you refrain, you have self-control, you're able to wait and not act upon that power. Another definition is to be slow to anger. This macrothumos to be patient is to be slow to anger. And this is something that is divine, a divine characteristic of God. In Exodus chapter 34, Moses uh, describes uh, what God is like, and, and this is kind of the story when he gets the, the second uh, uh, installment of the Ten Commandments. And he says this. He says, the Lord God is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love, loving kindness and truth. The Lord God is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger. The psalmist says in Psalm 86, 15, but you, O Lord, are compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. One of the minor prophets, Joel, writes in Joel chapter 2, verse 13, return to the Lord your God, for his is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. So what James is calling us to, this, this act of patience, to be slow to anger, to, to show restraint, uh, to, to persevere through hardship, is actually this divine characteristic. He's calling us uh, to be like Jesus, to act like God. This, this characteristic of God, of being a patient God, James is saying we also should have patience. James gives us kind of three different pictures and as examples of how patience plays out. And the first one is the idea of the farmer. The idea of the farmer. He says, uh, be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. And he says this, see how the farmer waits. See how the farmer waits. If you've got your Bible with, this, with you, you could circle waits, that idea of waiting. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Now there's a purpose for the waiting, um, but he uses this example of a farmer, a farmer who understands 
the value of seasons. A farmer who works the land and then also understands that there's only so much that, that the farmer can do. The farmer's at the mercy of the elements of the seasons. And when James says it's about, it's about waiting, it's about being patient like a farmer, a couple things to note is that the farmer is active. The farmer isn't just passive. The farmer has work to do. But then the farmer also knows when that work is done, there's only so many things that it can do. Other, the farmer can only wait with anticipation. And here's the thing about patience that I think James wants us to know. Patience means trusting God with the things that you can't control. There's some things in this life that are outside of our control. And much like the farmer, what we can only do is wait, to wait patiently, for the rain, to wait patiently for the season to turn, to wait patiently uh, with the things that we can't control. And this is something that I think is extremely difficult, letting go of the things that we can't control. Patience requires us trusting God in the things that we can't control. Again, this is uh, something I think that's being just totally exposed in this season of disruption us realizing that, you know what, there's things that are just outside of our control. We can't do anything about it, but we can trust that God is up to something. Um, One of the seasons in my life where I I think God was kind of chipping away at my need to control things, I came across this book by this old Franciscan, his name's Richard Rohr, and the book is called Everything Belongs. And he talked about when we go through different seasons of disruption, seasons of loss, seasons of longing, difficult seasons, um, and described a a type of patience and trust that is required in those seasons. And he says this in his book, Everything Belongs. It should be the work of Christians who believe in resurrection to help people when they are being led into the darkness and the void. The believer has to tell those in pain that this is not forever. There is a light and you will see it. This isn't all there is. Trust. And don't try to rush through it. We can't leap over our grief work, nor can we skip over our despair work. We have to feel it. And that means that in our life, we will have some blue days or some dark days. Historic cultures saw grief as a time of incubation, transformation, and necessary hibernation. And yet this sacred space is the very space we avoid. When we avoid the darkness, though, when we avoid the tension, we also miss spiritual creativity and finally transformation. We avoid God who works in the darkness where we are not in control. And maybe that is the secret, relinquishing control. To be a follower of Jesus, to be people of the resurrection means that we go through difficult seasons of disruption and we say there's things that are outside of our control that we can trust God in. Being patient means trusting God with things that you can't control. The second image that James uses is the prophet. So it talks about the farmer, then also talks about the prophet in verse 10. And uh, we'll just kind of read through that in verse 10. It says, brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. And as you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered reading through the prophets. Uh, We had a a Zoom call, all church Zoom call this last week, and uh, my breakout room 
Uh, we were kind of just talking about how things were going. What are you experiencing in the midst of this disruption? What are some things that God or God's teaching you? And someone reminded us that uh, what we're going through right now is odd because things have been going so well for so long for, for many of us in our culture. But we're going through a really difficult season. And when you look back historically, everyone goes through different, difficult seasons. Different cultures go through different seasons. There's, there's wars, there's famines, there's, there's disease. And, and even when you read through scripture, you see story after story of God doing profound things through people who are going through just extremely difficult circumstances. And, and sometimes when we look back at, at how God interacts with his people through scripture, we are reminded of, of what God does in the midst of difficult circumstances. And, and when James is talking to, to people about patience and enduring and hardship, he says, don't forget these stories that we have in scripture. There are these prophets who have gone through just incredible, uncertain, difficult situations, yet God did something in their lives. Hebrews 11, kind of this famous passage about, about faithfulness says this in verse 32 about many of these stories in the Bible. It says, what more shall I say? I do not have to tell, uh, I do not have time to tell about Gideon or, or, or Barak or Samson or Jephthah or David or Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains living in caves and in holes in the ground. And James is reminding us of this heritage of followers of Jesus, heritage of the people of God who have gone through uh, just difficult circumstances and says, here's the thing about the prophets. Patience means um, not only trusting God with the things that you can't control, but being obedient in the face of hardship and suffering. Patience is being obedient in the face of hardship and suffering. And here's what we see from the prophets in these stories. Not only are they patient in the things that they can't control, but in the hardships and the things that they're going through, there's this obedience to them where they don't leave God. They know that God is at work in their midst. And then he goes on to use this last example of Job. And Job, from what you may remember of Job's story, is that there's probably no one who went through something more unjust than him until we get the life of Jesus. Job has done nothing wrong and goes through unbelievable turmoil. And and what's interesting about so much of the wisdom of the Old Testament, when you get to the Psalms and the Proverbs, it it talks about like there's this conventional wisdom. Like if you live life a certain way and and you're a good person and you have integrity, usually things are going to work out. And this is kind of this conventional wisdom that we see in the Proverbs. And then we get to Job. And, And this is a wisdom literature in the Old Testament that starts to talk about sometimes in life, you might do everything completely the right way and things still may not work out for you. And so like you, 
you, you, might, you might be a good person, you might be a man of integrity, a woman of integrity, you might work hard, you might have a great family, and yet you still might lose everything. And the story that we have of Job isn't a story of just how conventional wisdom, living life a certain way allows things to work out. It's a story of when you've lived life a, a certain way and things don't go as planned. Here's unconventional wisdom for you. In the midst of hardship, in the midst of everything Job goes through, and you, and you know the story of Job, he loses his job, he loses his uh, crops, he loses his uh, herds of animals, and then he loses his children. He loses his children. And after all this, he says, Naked I came from my father, mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the, the name of the Lord be praised. There's this story of, of Job's faithfulness in the midst of the hardship that he goes through where he patiently endures, even when all his friends turn the, his, their backs on him, his own spouse turns her back on him. And, and what James is letting us know is that patience means, according to Job, patience means enduring through suffering, trusting God's purposes. So patience means trusting God with things he can't control. It means being obedient in the midst of suffering. But then he reminds us that Job endures the suffering, trusting God's promises. Patience is an action. It's not just something that we do passively, but to endure whatever hardship we go through, trusting that God is at work. And as James is talking about patience in this passage, the one thing that, that is kind of like hanging over the, the, the entire passage is this idea that because the day of the Lord is coming, we have patience because we know that, that, that this story is heading somewhere. This is the Christian hope that God is going to make all things new, that Jesus is coming back, that there's this eternity that awaits us. And therefore, in the midst of all of the things that we're going through, we patiently wait because we know that God is going to work all things for the good of those who love him. God is working things out. Augustine, uh, this bishop in North Africa, Bishop of Hippo in North Africa back in the 4th century, talked about what life is like uh, in the midst of hardship, uh, what life is like uh, journeying through this world where we have such a limited perspective of what God's doing. And here's what Augustine compares life to. He says it's almost like if you would scrunch your face up to a stained glass window so that your face is right up to it and all you can see is the stained glass that's right in front of you. What you would see with your face scrunched against a stained glass window would be broken glass, different, particle, different parcels of glass that, that are just kind of randomly pieced together. You might see different colors. But that's all you would see. You would, you would think, who put this window together? It looks like they just put together all these broken pieces of glass. But then if you would pull yourself away from the window and you would walk and you would give yourself perspective, you could look up at the window and that you would see that this window was this beautiful masterpiece, this beautiful art creation, when you could see the whole thing. And Augustine says, this is what life is like for us finite creatures living with this infinite God. Our, our faces are pressed against this stained glass window and, the, and the, the things that we are going through in the present moments, we don't necessarily see how it all fits together. We don't necessarily see the beautiful work of art that God is creating with our lives when we're just staring at it with our face pressed against the window. But when we have perspective, when we move back, 
we can see that all of these different pieces of glass in these different colors are creating this beautiful work of art that's life. And what James is saying in this passage is to be patient because the day of the Lord is coming when we'll be able to scan out and see this beautiful mosaic, this stained glass art of our lives that God has been creating something in the midst of our hardship, in the midst of all the things that we don't understand, the midst of things that are out of our control, God is weaving together something beautiful. And so James says, be patient, be patient with each other, be patient because God is working through your circumstances, be patient because the day of the Lord is coming. Faith is revealed in how we patiently endure what we're going through right now. I want to close with this, uh, this prayer from Psalm 40. If you could read this with me, and we'll use this to move into a time of worship. Psalm 40, we'll start in verse 1, says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he turned and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. May you have patience, trust in God with the things you can't control. May you be obedient through suffering. May you endure through the suffering, trusting that God is at work in your life right now. Let's pray. Lord, thanks so much for this this message, this challenge, this encouragement. It's challenging to be patient people. It's hard to be patient in little things like waiting for a vitamin C tablet to dissolve. How much more is it difficult to be patient with what you're doing in the world right now, Lord? What you're doing in our lives? And there's this longing for things to get back to normal. There's this longing, Lord, um, for things to be normal again. And it's a challenge to wait patiently. And yet, Lord, in the midst of what we're waiting for, we know that you were at work in our lives, that you were at work in our world, that you were doing things, that you were renewing things, redeeming. And we don't want to miss that. And as resurrection people, Lord, we just ask that um, our patience would reveal this authentic faith that we have in you. That we'd be a people who persevere. So we ask for strength today for patience and for wisdom. In your son's name we pray.